Good morning on this Friday morning. I want to welcome you to our devotional, Golden Nuggets, Food for Thought and for the Imagination. We are continuing from our thought from yesterday as we've been talking about the Feast of Pentecost or the Feast of Weeks as it's called in the Old Testament. We were mentioning how the feast, both in the Old Testament and in the New Testament, each represent the beginning of something. And one of the things that we introduced was the concept and the idea of God getting married to the nation of Israel when he made a covenant with them, even though they broke it. And also uh, Jesus, the beginning of his bride, is at the beginning of the day of Pentecost, when 3,000 people get saved, and you've got the beginning or the inception of what was what is going to last or has lasted for several thousand years. So now reading from the book of Ephesians in chapter 2, verse 18, then we'll get a little bit further on the concept. Then the Old Testament will help us a lot in understanding uh, what or what is being said when we talk about uh, the nation of Israel being God's wife or that he took Israel or the nation as his wife, just that, just like Jesus taking the church as his bride. Now, of course, when we say it in that concept, we're talking about a covenant that has been made. And this covenant is equivalent to or what we would call the marriage covenant, the two individuals uh, that are getting married as husband and wife. Now, it says in the book of Ephesians, in chapter 2, verse 18, For through him we both, both Jews and Gentiles, have access by one Spirit unto the Father. And this is important because at one point later, in the book of <clears throat> Jeremiah, uh, Israel, well, <clears throat> Israel is told by God that at one point in their uh, history, they will call him Father. And of course, when Jesus came, he revealed the name of the Father to the nation as he went about preaching. He always talked about the Father sent him, the Father's work. He doesn't speak or say or do anything unless he has heard or seen the Father do it. It says in the book of Ephesians in chapter 4, verse 4, that there is one body and one spirit. So, we have, through him, we both have access, the Jews and the Gentiles, by one spirit, not two, not three, even though the Holy Spirit may be identified in the book of Revelation and in the book of Isaiah as the seven spirits of God. These are the manifestations, whether it's the spirit of wisdom or knowledge or the spirit of understanding or the spirit of the fear of the Lord. Uh, that's what we're looking at. So it's just one spirit, not several different Holy Spirits, but just one. Even as you are called in one hope of your calling. In verse 19 of this same chapter of Ephesians chapter 2, it says, Now therefore you are no more because we are part of a family. We have been born into that family. So we're literally, we're literally of that genealogy and genetic, if we could use that word, material 
of that lineage. It says, now therefore you are no more strangers and foreigners, or the word there is used for aliens, but fellow citizens with the saints and of the household of God. We are of his household. That means we are part of that domestic uh, uh, relative uh, part that belongs to a house or a home. Uh, what we would call a home or a household. Uh, it, we had David's household. We had Solomon's household. And of course, uh, now we have God's household. And it says in the book of Ephesians, in chapter 2, verse 22, In whom you also are built together for a habitation of God through the Spirit. Okay, the newly created man inside of us that was born again, made alive, quickened by the Holy Spirit, resurrected from being dead in sins and trespasses, now has been made the dwelling place where the Spirit of God can dwell in man. Now it says in 1 Corinthians 3.16, Know ye not that you are the temple of God, and that the Spirit of God dwelleth in you? In 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 19, What? Know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost, which is in you? which you have of God, you are not your own. Verse 20, For you are bought with a price, therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are His. Now, it's important to understand that the given history of Israel points out that the time of the giving of the law was exactly 50 days from the time that they had left the nation of Egypt. The giving of the law was given on the day of Pen on the the giving of the law was the first Pentecost and it took place on Mount Sinai. The first Pentecost for the church, the Holy Spirit was given, not the law. At the giving of the law, three thousand people died. At the giving of the Holy Spirit, 3,000 people were saved. So let's look at what the scripture says. It says in Exodus chapter 32, verse 28, And the children of Levi did according to the word of Moses, and there fell of the people that day about 3,000 men. In Acts chapter 2, verse 41, it says, then they that gladly received his word were baptized, and that same day there were added unto them about 3,000 souls. So we find a lot of what we could possibly call coincidences, but yet they are things that have been that will be again. It is just a repetition of a cycle at a different time, just taking place. For a different purpose of God, but yet it's the same cycle that is taking place. Think about it this way. We have spring, we have summer, we have fall, we have winter. Then it just repeats all over again. But yet each summer, each spring, and each 
fall is different than the previous one, but yet it's still a fall. It's still a spring. It's still a winter. You can have a very dry winter. You can have a very wet winter. You can very have a very hot summer, or you can have a cool summer. Of course, the way things are nowadays, that's not really the case. But nonetheless, we have something that is repeating itself. God was going to make out of two, he was going to make a new nation out of the Israelite Jews that came out of Egypt. They were instantly going to be given the law to be able to govern them. They were a nation that was going to be superior, greater, more awesome than any other nation on the face of the earth. And of course, when they sinned and Moses broke the tablets, God says, I'm going to make a new nation out of you, Moses. I'm going to make a new nation out of you and I'll get rid of them. Of course, uh, Moses interceded and didn't let that happen. But it says in Exodus chapter 32, verse 10. Now, therefore, he says to Moses, leave me alone that my wrath may wax hot against them. And that I may consume them. I will make thee a great nation. Now, notice what God says in, uh, uh, concerning the nation of Israel. How they were also supposed to be a great nation. And we, the church, we are called also a nation. It says <clears throat> in the scripture that we're actually a peculiar people. On the day of Pentecost, the scripture shows us. That he made a new nation also. Made of new creatures that had been born again. The church was birthed or the church was uh, uh, formed. Or the church was, uh, let's use the word, uh, given in covenant unto the master. And from there on in, just like the nation of Israel, we are not governed by a set of laws. But we have the law written in our hearts. Our motive is we live by love. That is what the motivation of the body of Christ should be. Everything that we do is and flows out of a heart of God's love in us. The Holy Spirit has been shed according to the book of Romans chapter 5 from verse onward. That the Holy Spirit has been put into our hearts. His love has been shed in our hearts, so that we may able, be able to walk and live according to that. It says in 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9, But you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood. You're a holy nation. God called Israel a holy nation also. A peculiar people, that you should show forth the praises of him who has called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. What has been will be again. Notice Deuteronomy chapter 4 verse 6. Keep therefore and do them. For this is your wisdom and your understanding in the sight of the nations. Talking about his word. It says, which shall hear of all these statutes and say, Surely this great nation is wise and an understanding people. See, God was going to make a great nation out of Moses. Israel here was called a great nation also. In verse number 7 of chapter 4, For what nation is there so great, who God 
who has a God that is so near unto them. Draw nigh unto God, and he will draw nigh unto you. As the Lord our God is in all things that, <clears throat> that we call upon him for. And in verse number 8, it says, And what nation is there so great that has statutes and judgments so righteous as all this law which I set before you this day? In our lives, just like the repetition of these cycles themselves, they repeat in our families, in our personal lives, and in our life as believers. You may see it within a week, a month, a year, or several years of repetitious things in your Christian walk. You should be able to catch onto some of these things and learn from the past, learn from your present to know what is going to be coming in your future. It's just a cycle, but like I said about spring, winter, summer, and fall, it has a lot of differences in the things that happen in that cycle, but it's the same cycle that is repeating itself over and over I pray in the name of Jesus, when we meet again tomorrow, that we'll be talking about the marriage covenant of Israel and Jesus to the bride, using the story of Ruth and Boaz as an example. Until then, may the Lord richly bless and enrich your wisdom, your knowledge of Him and of Christ and of the Holy Spirit in your life. Until we meet again. God loves you, and keep looking up. Jesus is coming. Amen.